Hello and welcome back to the Beer and Tech podcast, where my dad and I talk all things tech for about an hour. We've not been so successful with releasing episodes regularly, but we're back. And in this episode, we're talking about the new MacBook Air, dad's transition to Apple, and why I bought, sold, and then bought an iPad Pro back again. Hope you enjoy this one. When was the last time I, I published an episode of Beer and Tech? Must be a year. Must be over a year ago because we try and do these in the summer months, don't we? Either when we're in Spain, which will be May time, or if we're in the summer in England, September time. I think neither of which has happened this year due to lockdown. Oh, our last episode was two years ago, almost to the day. Two years ago is that the one when we were sitting in the garden? November 25th, 2018. So what you say is we're not the most prolific podcasters <laughs> um, out there at the moment. <laughs> it was, I, I, am, I would still say I'm a prolific podcaster. Yes, but what I'm saying is about the Beer and Tech podcast, um, we'll be lacking in followers because um, people have forgotten about us. We're up to 72 listens. Are we? If you were listened to it 71 times, <laughs> <laughs> I like that because that means you must have listened to it once too. You've given yourself one. I, so the, the the last one I posted was the one we did at my flat. That, that must mean I haven't posted the last two. Uh, have you edited them or were they that bad? You thought, no, we're not talking about it. I, I remember one of them I was editing. This one, I just, the one we did in your garden, I don't think I edited. I'm trying to think which one was, which one came first out of those two. The one in your garden or the one in Spain? Oh, I, can't, I can't remember. It's too long ago. I know we haven't done anything this year because it's been a very different world, hasn't it? But we have the technology to to do it this way around. Why haven't we done it before? You tell me, Dad, because I've invited you multiple times. Oh, have I not accepted the invite? So have I accepted the invite and just not turned up? Exactly that. Oh, dear. We're, we're, if, if you remember, we have had a Beer and Tech episode scheduled in a few times and you've had have I Better been busy? Offers. Have I been busy? I've just been busy. I must admit, since lockdown, I feel like I've been busier. So I've literally just come off of, I've done run a session between nine to quarter to ten. I've gone down and had a coffee and come back uh, to see you now. And Granddad's just called me because we had a three-hour trying to zoom out yesterday for him and still couldn't get it to work. <laughs> I don't know if, it, well, I do know what the problem is. He shouldn't use the technology. <laughs> yeah, just. No, it, we, there was a problem with it. And what I realise is if for him, for it to work for him, he needs to be logged in to Zoom to do it. But he can't get the difference between, um, he's got the meeting ID bit, but then it, it keeps on taking him a loop back to log in again to Zoom. And I think it's the way um, it's been set up. One of the, it's been set up with a password with an individual bit and it just doesn't unless you have all of those details and you're logged into zoom it doesn't quite work the links just don't work properly how old is granddad 78 it's pretty impressive that he's even got a chance of using zoom and he's attempting it it's not that hard to use is it i know but okay we'll come back when you're 78 and i'm saying oh dad why are you not using this software and you're and you'll not be able to figure it out. When I'm 78, you won't have to figure out the software because it'll just work. Maybe we, thought, should, maybe we should do a future tech podcast. You would have thought that in 2020 uh, or in 2000, would, if you looked at 2020, you would have thought, oh, the tech will do it all for you. So hold on. So I'll, I'll be 78 in what, 20, 26 years. You'll be 50. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hold on, so I'm just thinking, in, in 26 years... I'll be your age. So, so in 26 years, do you still think you'll have the MacBook Air running on M1? <laughs> no, definitely not. Was it, uh, do, you reckon, do you reckon there'll be a touchscreen MacBook by then? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 now that's the more relevant question. Will there be a touchscreen MacBook? The answer is yes, that is coming soon. You can see with the changes to Big Sur that they're, gonna, they're like slowly edging and edging towards a touchscreen Mac and slowly closing the bridge between an iPad and a, and a MacBook. Yeah, so the question is, will they then be reducing their streams of stuff? Because will you have 
a MacBook? Will you have an iPad and will you have an iPhone? I reckon they will keep it separate so they can make money on it. Mm, okay, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I think the future holds more than just... Haven't I just read recently that Apple doing the... They're doing the like the Google Glasses. They're doing a version of those. Don't Apple know. Glasses keeps on coming around. And I wonder if the future of us is rather than doing this, we're going to be doing this all the time from Minority Report and flicking well, stuff around. You've had the dream of that for for many years of wanting that to happen. I, I remember some of the Microsoft tech that's come out the hologram thing that they did you've always been excited about the prospect of that but it's never done it for me i i would rather not i, I quite like the interface that we use at the moment mm, and yeah i'm always i'm always about what next i always have been about what's the, the funny enough you, you'll say that so we've had some conversations recently at work everyone during lockdown is for my business that they're working from home they've got laptops they're using teams Two things have come up recently that they're going to start using. There probably is going to be a version of web chat. And I remember having a conversation 10 years ago about introducing web chat and was told, no, we don't want to introduce web chat. What, what do you mean, like a chatbot on a site? Yeah, and people talking, multiple agents, instead of talking over the phone to someone, chatting people through there. We haven't had that, and that's now going to come. And also, we tried money guidance via um, Skype. And and it didn't work at the time. There wasn't need for it. And that's where everyone else is moving to now in terms of for people who can and do want to, to utilize that. So there's a few things that I think I've always been, me, James, always wanted to work from home, always wanted to work from anywhere. My thing was about working from Spain. I think you proved the last time we were out in Spain, you were working out there, weren't you? Yeah, I, I, I have a lot of thoughts on that and the reasons why it might not have happened. There are limitations to all this remote software and the the access to tech that a lot of people have and their ability to use it. For instance, you say like getting a, a chatbot or a chat agent, whatever it might be. On the System One website, we purposely don't have one. Mm. The, the, there's a good reason why you would choose not to have one. It's not just a case of introducing tech for the sake of introducing tech because we like using it. Is it the right thing? Yeah, and but but you, but you use, I think from a system one point of view, it would probably be for, from a sales perspective. And actually, you if someone's calling in, you want to sell them, you want to talk to them about what they're looking at. For lots of the stuff that, that we do, you, you can bot it, you can computerize it, you can get it to a point, you can almost solve people's issues through the technology. But there's more, to, there's so much more to come. I think we've seen more of a willingness to undergo that technological technological change than we've seen in years. Yeah, definitely. You're 100% right. But what one thing I find interesting about you and your approach to this, using new technology and the minority report, moving things around with your hands, you've been really bullish on text-to-speech and using that. You, you've, you've said so many times how much you'd love to just be able to speak and the words will appear and you tried it when it was very early, like 10 years ago on Windows. Now that technology is good enough. You, you can very easily dictate a full document and you do it sometimes, but why is that not your default? You've wanted that for so long. Why is that not your default? So I, I think there, there was one of the one of the points was when we were in open plan offices. It, it, it wouldn't have worked, would it? Because everyone would have got really annoyed when you were saying full stop, new paragraph, etc. But but now we're working from home. Yes, there is more of a possibility um, of doing it. Uh, why, why not? It's a very good question. Um, I I maybe I haven't trained myself that way and when i say that is it's i haven't looked into the the new software that's out there i've tried it in some of the word stuff and i don't think that's it's been as good i can probably type quicker and make less mistakes than i talk quick i can talk quick but it still makes mistakes but maybe i need to maybe i need to try it again maybe we won't wait what two years to do the next beer and tech podcast <laughs> and i'll try it and test it and see what happens but that's how i sometimes think about your approach to the future of tech i'm skeptical of it because you, you often like the idea of things without thinking about the actual practicalities of it the fact that typing and using the inputs that we currently have is better than talking and, and i don't think talking will I, I don't know if it will ever be a case of you're just doing commands to a computer 
I don't know how good that natural language recognition is going to be that we can just navigate it. Sometimes people don't want to speak either. We want to be inputting silently and, and not having to talk. Yeah, I, I, what, what we've seen over probably the last, I'm trying to think when I got my first Alexa, because I got that the day it came out. I remember I was in John Lewis. Don't say the word. <laughs> did, did you? I think my one started as well. Hold on. Let me turn it off. I'll turn my one off. We, I, I will not edit that out, but in future we will refer to them as, as Echo, so people don't... <laughs> don't don't start off. everywhere. Maybe I could get everyone's Echoes ordering food for me. <laughs> 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 but that really has, that really has, I think, come on in leaps and bounds. Mm. And actually it gets quite annoying now when uh, whether you use any one of them Echoes or any of the other technology that's out there for the voice things is when they say, no, I can't answer that. You say, but I want you to answer it. Come on, you should know it. So there's learning still going on. Yeah, there, there is. They are getting better. They are getting better and better and they are game changing. I love having mine, but. What I, do you use yours for? T- t- tell me the top three things for for you. And then I'll tell you the top three things that we use them as the household. Um, calculator lights timers and spotify okay not in that order timers for cooking all the time that's probably the most prolific use in in the kitchen one spotify absolutely for music continuously and i'd say the other one's probably weather reports (laughs) what's what's the weather like before i go out yeah I, i use it for weather every now and again but what's interesting so i've got philips hue lights all throughout the house you you got them before me and then since then i've just um got them everywhere love yeah. my phillips hue yeah uh, that is an example now of i feel tech getting in the way because looking back on it after having phillips hue for two or three years i'd rather just turn a light switch on okay hold on hold on hold on with caveats when i walk into a room so with Philips, your light is basically always on and you control the bulb with your phone or mm-hmm. uh, with your voice assistant. When I walk into a room and I just want to get something quickly, I want to flick the light on. I just want to flick it on and see. And it, that in an analog world takes a half a second, just bam, flick, lights on, bam, flick, light off, light off. In this new world, you either have to get out your phone, find the app, Go into the room your app's in and then turn your light on. That is 10, 15 seconds. If you use your voice assistant, you have to do command word, turn on light on in the room. And then you have to know what your light is called because sometimes you can say the wrong light and then it won't do it. And that's another 10, 15 seconds. Like how, is we, how have we ended up going from something that takes half a second to 15 seconds and we're saying that's better? So there's a number of solutions though, isn't there? To your I haven't finished hard part that but but the the times when they are good and why i love having them and why i still have them is because when i don't want to go into a room and i want to set up scenes and and i want to i when i'm sitting at my desk and i don't want to get up and control the lights and i want to do them from my laptop or i'm recording a video and i want to just control them while i'm sitting down and if i'm laying in bed and i want to turn the lights off and don't want to get up and turn the light switch off that's where they come in really useful so what I've had to do instead, which is hilarious, is buy a light switch for my Philips Hue. So I've now got a physical button that I can press to turn the lights on in each of the rooms. So I was going to say, there's that solution. Or there's solution, you could have an analog light somewhere that you do turn on and off for those odd occasions when you want to do it. You could even get sensors so when you came into rooms, they came on. So then you wouldn't, you think that's an even more of an advancement. You don't have to switch it, it just comes on. You don't have to say it, it just comes on. And actually, my some of my Philips users are linked into things I can switch them on. I have to switch it off and then on again, but it still is two seconds. So there's some solutions to it. Actually, as, as you were talking about, have you seen the new, I think it's the Leap Lights, Leap Lights? that are in there, which are lights in shapes, like hexagonal shapes. Oh, the nano leaf. Nano leaf, sorry. What did yeah. I say? Leaf. Leaf lights. Leap. The nano leaf lights have been around for ages, and like a lot of tech people have them. I think they're a bit of a 
gimmick, personally. Mm, okay, so we've got some gimmicks there. I'm sure someone said the Philips U would be gimmicks. Uh, okay, it's okay. I, I, well, no, I, no, 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 no. Hold on, I have a question about, I have a question that's been bugging me. I don't know if you can ask this about Philips U lights. Philips U lights, just the lamp, the, the bulbs, if you like, they're not normal lights, are they? But do they have a lifespan? Will they uh, run out at some point? So you're thinking lifespan as in filament bulbs have yes, a lifespan, they yes. go. They're LED lights, which I don't know if they have. Do LED lights have life? And... No. They don't. And because I can't remember, oh, no, yeah, no, they yes. do. So I can't remember how much we pay for the thirty thousand hours. Okay, am I going to be alive for thirty thousand hours? Will it outsee me? Okay, so if you're in a living room and have the lights on for average three hours a day, they'll last you for twenty three years. Okay, so if they're fifty, sixty quid for twenty three years, it's not too bad value. <laughs> not at all. But back to your unbelievable point, which we're not going to gloss over that Philips Hue were once considered a, a fad. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that the Nanoleaf the- are. That's fun. I fundamentally disagree because Philips Hue lights, are they've replaced your light bulbs, which we need in the house. A Nanoleaf pretty LED hexagonal pattern does not. Therefore, it is a fad. Okay, but, but how many people have Philips Hue lights? A very small percentage of people. Yeah, yeah. So it's still a small percentage of people. So and and if you look at, it, it's only the tech people amongst us who want to try these things and and push it. And would you consider yourself an early adopter? I'm a, I'm a very early adopter, but I I think there's penetration among normal folks as well that are interested in smart home. I know a lot of people that, like Mum, for instance, is not a tech person. She has Philips Hue throughout the house. She loves it. Um, yeah, but is that only because you used to live with her? Yes, yes, there is that. But uh, I introduced it and she likes it. And there's a lot of people that are interested in the smart home stuff that will get Philips Hue. I think smart home still has so much further to go. The dot and the echoes, the ability to get, I, I would say, older people, older than me using it is, is very easy. Hmm. Once they learn how to talk to, to it, to get music playing i think my mother-in-law got her jazz playing on it the first time she saw it and couldn't believe it would play all of her jazz music that she liked I, i'm not sure i told her at that point that she has to have a spotify account to make that work she just knew that it, it like she'd come around here and make it work so i think there's still enormous uh, potential I, i've <laughs> just seen some of the you may find this really strange, but washing machines and dishwashers being enabled to it so you can set them to go while you're away. Cookers and fr- fridges to order stuff. Do you think it's too much, though? Do you think no. all this? No, I love it. <laughs> no, I, I love it. So I've just done one of my uh, weekly shops, and all I did was reorder what I ordered last time. There's two buttons I've pressed. And that seems an easy way of doing shopping to me, but even easier, why don't I just regularly schedule it to be done every week? Just the same stuff. Can you command it through Echo? Can you like connect it up and just shall reorder my shopping because maybe you, you you don't use as much one week and you want to wait an extra day i don't know i haven't tried um to do that so we'll have to see now let's come back to this early adopter the early adopter in you james mckinvan son of mine <laughs> early adopter there was a conversation this week wasn't there because what w- what's happened in terms of apple over the last i think it's been eight days yeah apple released their brand new <laughs> i love the transition there <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, apple released their brand new apple silicon chip the m1 now I, I i am i'm often an early adopter of things but for this particular introduction i thought i was going to wait until about a year in maybe they've released their second generation chip and then i'd maybe upgrade because my laptop at the moment is a 2018 MacBook Pro i7 and it it chokes a lot. It chokes a lot, but I'm fine with it. I thought I could live with this another year and then go for a splash out, three, four grand upgrade to a 16-inch MacBook Pro, Apple Silicon maybe if it's good enough. But then all the review units got out 
for the new MacBook Air M1, the MacBook Pro M1, and the Mac Mini M1. And all three of these have the exact same processor. And these machines are incredible on three, three counts. Performance, so raw performance, efficiency, and then battery life because of the efficiency of that performance. And therefore, they end up just being absurdly powerful. And we're, we're talking they are twice as fast as the Intel Intel things. The, they're absolutely blowing the benchmarks out of the water. We're around at a point where my this laptop costs £2,500 is half as good, if not less, in terms of benchmarks and performance than the new £1,000 MacBook Air. Do you, do you think they've taken the computer industry as a whole a bit? Uh, have they shocked the computer industry? 100%. They have, if, if anyone could have absolutely nailed something like head on, and there was almost an arrogance to Apple when they were releasing it. They, they were almost annoyed that Intel was so shit. And they were like, come on, guys. And they've just completely raised the bar. Now, we've seen this as they've been releasing the new iPad Pros. And I've got a 2018 iPad Pro. And we can see how how it's it, it was so much powerful, so much more powerful than the MacBooks in this little in this little form factor. Because you can edit 4K videos on it. And I can, can barely do that on my MacBook. And so from that point, we're like, Apple is on something. They know how to make really good chips. And when we heard about the announcement earlier in the year about them going over to their ARM chips, in-house Apple Silicon, we were like, yeah, it's going to be difficult because of compatibility and will, will their performance be quite as good? And the answer is yes. They are. They have they've nailed the compatibility with Rosetta 2. The performance absolutely blows any other laptop machine out of the water the single core performance is better than any other mac ever made the multi-core performance of these eight core macbook airs that cost a thousand pound are up there with the the high spec 15 inch macbook 15 and 16 inch macbook pros of previous years with the intel chips so dad these are absurd yeah and i think you're right i think everything that we've seen everyone who's done tests in it it is absurd and actually when i saw one of them get taken apart and actually saw the soc that the whole thing is so tiny now how how they fit so much in so many transistors so, so how it's so tiny obviously you can see that efficiency comes by having everything on one bit of silicon Actually, I hate to compare Apple to Raspberry Pi, but I looked at a, a Raspberry Pi the other day and seen everything on one of those chips that you can play around with and do very basic. But still, if I think about what's on a Raspberry Pi now and think of computers, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, the Raspberry Pi is so much more powerful. And then you've got the Apple stuff is just... it. it but there's a question here. There's a question on the Apple stuff that's jumping into my head. Go on. Why have Microsoft not been able to nail the ARM stuff down? Because they've had a couple of ARM products. Think of the Surface RT that they had, and they've, they've still got some out now, but they've nowhere near nailed it like Apple have. Why? Yeah, I've got an answer to this. So if you look at Apple's innovation in anything, and you look at the new features they introduce to products, it is usually two, three, maybe even four years after competitors have done it. You look at OLED screens that Samsung had put in their phones for, for years and years, and there was a lot of problems with screen burning. We're all thinking, well, when the hell are Apple going to put an OLED screen in the phone? And that didn't come till the iPhone 10. And they wanted to make sure when they were releasing an OLED screen, they wanted it to be the best. So what they tend to do is they watch everyone else in the tech industry release and fail, release and fail, let them do the innovation. And then they'll simply learn from their mistakes and figure out what they need to do to make sure that launch is going to work. There is a reason they are the richest company in the world. It is because they are very thoughtful about what they're releasing it how they're releasing it and making sure it is the best thing they can possibly release. 
Do you think that absolute control that they have over now the almost all everything with the hardware, everything with the software, just really goes to keep their innovation going? Yeah, the, the control they have over the whole production now is going to see them continue to get better and better with the power of their products. And it, I, I wonder though, as one of the biggest companies in the world, as the the most valuable company in the world, how the hell do they make decisions? Because I've been noticing this recently in the team that I'm in is 15 people working on one product. I, as a single person, can do more work than these 15 people because of the bureaucracy and the processes surrounding having 15 people working on something. And I look at Apple thinking, how does anyone make any one decision? No, is it just a completely maybe, slick, well-oiled machine? Maybe you should send that into uh, Tim Cook and say, I want to know how your decision-making process works. I think one of the real benefits Apple has had, and actually you probably see this in a number of football teams as well, stability. Stability at the leadership at the top for a number of years, being able to communicate that clear direction, what the expectation is. Uh, I think that's one of their real benefits over time. And, and actually, I, I know we're talking Apple mainly here, but thinking about how Microsoft mm. has been over the last few years mm -hmm. with that real clear leadership um, and direction and not holding on to everything, almost letting some of their software stuff go onto Apple products, I think for them has been, and we, we'll probably see more of that going on. The the cloud-based mm. offerings just seem to have gone from, from stream to stream. One, one issue that I, I was thinking about that you raised about compatibility, you've got a big SIR compatibility <laughs> issue, haven't you? in one yeah. of your products yeah you, you've upgraded to big sir and i'm very jealous of it because my my main podcast editing platform the script isn't compatible on, on big sir yet now you're worried that there there will be more problems when when i eventually get an m1 mac onto that and shortly hold on um, you need a clock down a countdown talk net clock now dude 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 for when you're going to get it but the I don't think I'll run into any compatibility issues. It seems I, I was watching the Verge review and they were saying they've not run into anything that can't be run on Rosetta. But I guess Big Sur is going to be the problem, not Rosetta with my editing software. But mm. before we move on and talk about that, going back to what you said about the leadership, 100%. They have the, Those two companies, Microsoft is probably more uh, as impressive as Apple because they, they were in a real dire state when they someone trying to come in you live on your own there shouldn't be anyone there <laughs> they, they, they were in a real dire state when Sadio Natello came in and he has absolutely transformed that company mm. now Tim Cook has done and I, I think he's probably more impressive because he's taken Apple to a one trillion dollar company and then a two trillion com company and just gone from strength to strength and added that stability that I don't think Steve Jobs as the innovator had as much well uh, who would you prefer as a boss, Tim Cook or Sajja Nutella? Oh, wow. That's a really hard question. I think Tim Cook's probably a lot harder to work for than Sajja Nutella, actually. Do you, think it, do you think he's secretly quite cutthroat? Uh, without a doubt. With, without a doubt. I think he's... Um, but it, he, he comes he, across he, as compassionate, though. Yeah, yeah. I think he comes across. But I think there's a difference between working and, if you like, a, a, a persona that, that you... Um, but 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 I think every, everyone who gets to that level in, com in companies has to have some because you have to make decisions about and we do are we doing this or are we not doing this and you have to make them quickly. Yeah, I, Tim Cook's outward persona maybe it's just a very well managed one, but he seems like the type of guy that would be cutthroat but empathetic. He would be able to see all of the things, like all, all of the pros and cons of any decision. He'd be able to explain it to everyone and say, I'm making this decision. Here is the reason I'm making this decision. That We're not going back on it, but I'm making it for this reason. So he's cutthroat for that. But also as a leader, is he someone people look up to because of that? So let's let's talk about that because we, we're comparing Microsoft and Apple in terms of leadership and stuff but uh, I think there's a question you wanted to ask me about transition because I've been a Windows person for probably 30 years everything I've ever used has been Windows until now until when was it 
three years ago, maybe four years ago. Yeah, uh, when let me... what was the first Apple product I bought? It was uh... it was an iPhone, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, you, you you went through a phase of getting them all quite quickly. So I'm not actually, I I don't remember exactly when you got everything, but it was because I I originally made the switch from. I, I always wanted to be an Apple person, but it was just too expensive for me when I was younger. <laughs> it still <And> is. <laughs> <laughs> Ask my credit card company. Yeah. <laughs> but the I went from a, a OnePlus One phone, which is like one of the, the, the best value Android phones, and I switched to an iPhone 6, and it was a game changer. And then I got a 2010 MacBook Pro that I got for 150 quid off Gumtree, upgrade the ram in that and i was just sold on mac then i got a 2013 one for like 500 quid off ebay and then i slowly traded up from then and i think what laptop did i have when you decided you you were ready to make the switch i think it was my 2013 one still yes it, it must well have been because I, th- I think i'm heading for having my one three years now um yeah, I'm uh, sure it's three years. Yeah, I, I may have had my big one. I think I got that about three years ago. Either way, it was you were seeing me with this Apple tech and thinking, yeah, okay, I like this. But what was the trigger point for you? Do you remember that made you think I'm going all in on Apple? Because you very much went, I'm going all in on Apple. You didn't go, I'm going to get a phone and see how it is. Well, as you say, that, I think it was a bit of a transition though, wasn't it? Because the first thing I got was the phone and, and actually... For me, the, the <laughs> it was the, only a transition from a financial point of view. <laughs> the phone was was good. It just started working. It was, and it was more. I actually, I think, with other members of the family, when I started giving them, when I upgraded my Apple phone, gave them the Apple phone, it became so much easier. No one ever questions about how they use an Apple phone. It just tends to work. But when the people were using the Android ones, there were things that wouldn't work, or there'd be questions. So I think that bit was very easy. And then I had a, a number of the iPads. I, mean, I think I'm still working on a 20, on the original 10.5 iPad Pro. So that must be four years old. Mm. And that still works as fast now as it did when I got it. I still use it every single day in terms of reading on it, magazines, web browsing, films, Netflix. So I use that. I use my phone every day, I use that every day. And I think the Mac was the last of of the transition, if you like. And for me, the Mac was the hardest transition as well. Yeah, as uh, a Windows user for so long. Yeah. So it took um, a while to work out how to do stuff. Interesting now, because for work I use Windows, but I have to think about what I'm doing. <laughs> There's almost a translation that goes on. On that point, I'll just go on a little detail quickly about using MacBooks at work. My entire company is Windows. And when I joined, I was saying, I am not using one of your Windows things. And call call me a bit of an arsehole for it. But I I said, I I will either use my own MacBook or buy me one. And they they were very good. They did buy me one and let me use it at the end. But I'm like a different different class of human because of the MacBook. I, I have no like admin restrictions on my laptop i can download anything i can use anything not like with everyone on their windows laptops if they ever they try to download a bit of software they need an admin permission yeah, for it yeah yeah but i i was so insistent on using the macbook because i have my workflow so nailed down with it like little things like alfred that i have on my laptop all the little menu bar tools that i have which are mac specific all of the things that I love about Mac, the reason I'm so is the reason I'm so much quicker. But yeah, anyway, and so what's your timeline in terms of Apple products? Do you remember you got your iPhone first? Yeah, I think it was one of the iPhones first of all. I, I don't know which one it would have been though. You got the iPhone 10. Was that the first one that I got? Yeah, yeah, because I remember in Wagamama's you got it, and I had the iPhone 8 Plus, and you got it out for me, and I was too jealous, so I, I had to upgrade. Okay, so if, if that was the first thing. I, I don't think it's been a long transition. What, four years? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like how long was it, because I, I, I don't really rem- 
remember there being a particular time where you didn't have any one of your um no it all, all flows into one and in, in that case then i might have even got the ipad before i got the the phone because the ipad could have come first because i used ipads previously even have you when got, I had... have you got apple receipts yes yeah so i'm i'm genuinely intrigued which one you got first no actually i i think it was the ipad the iPad was first because I'd had iPads previously with, with other phones. So the iPad was first, and that iPad is definitely four years old. So then you're right, then it would have been the iPhone 10. What have we got now? iPhone 11 Pro Max for it. No iPhone 12 Pro Max yet. Don't, haven't got 5G, so probably won't do that in the near future. Might miss out the 12 and go to the 13. So you started out with the iPad Pro and you went quite big on buying that. You you got it with the keyboard. This was with the, did you buy the pencil with it? Yeah, keyboard, pencil. The keyboard's broken now, actually. That was a bit disappointing. 200 quid on a keyboard and um, it stopped working. And I, I was quite annoyed at you. And I do remember this now. I was quite annoyed at you for getting the iPad instead of the MacBook first. Mm-hmm. How? What, why did you do that and how has it been for you? Because I had I had a pretty new Ultrabook at that time, Windows Ultrabook, that was working fine. Interestingly, I've still got that Ultrabook. I found the receipt for it the other day as well. So I can't remember how old it was now. Must be, might even be seven, eight, eight years old. But it still works, but boy, is it slow. But it, it's always been slow. And that's actually the one thing I would say about the Mac. Open it up and it just works shut it down, close it down, open it up, it's on. And I even think since I moved over to Big Sur, it's faster. It's faster with, with going on. It just seems to be, I don't know if it's the way it looks because it's refreshing, but I just think it's generally faster. You didn't answer my question. What was the question? What? Why is it you got the iPad Pro first instead of the... Because No, I did answer it because I, I had an Ultrabook at the time. Uh, so why would you not get a MacBook? Because yeah, for, that, for that me, that used iPads, so it was easy to get an iPad. I knew how to use an iPad. An iPad was different from a MacBook, but a MacBook was going over to iOS, and I've never used iOS. Mac OS. Mac OS. And that was uh, something that I needed to learn. I'm not, I think I'm there, but even just some of the gestures, what the gestures can do and how they can work, and, and you, you test them. And then you realize you get into using them. So you go back to Windows laptop and try to use some of the dresses and it just doesn't work. You're like, don't be so stupid, Windows. I'm, I do that all the time. How, how, how was it when you first got your MacBook then? Um, it took me, I would say, a few weeks to get used to it. Yeah. And then once you were used to it, was it a case of not looking back or? Yeah, I haven't looked back. I won't go back. I, I was talking to somebody the other day about uh, advising them about what to get. And I put... I put the max at the top end of stuff. If you want to be top end, if you want stuff that just really works. And I said, if you really want to, you can run windows on max, you can run parallels and you can work it that way around. I used parallels for a bit and then realized I didn't need it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially with a lot of stuff being browser based now, a a lot of things we can do. We don't need to use, it doesn't, it's not platform agnostic. I think you wanted to ask me a question about how's it holding up three years old, actually superbly fast, superbly clear. The only issue that's, that's come up recently with it is since moving over to Big Sur, they've they've got a new battery checker. uh, Yeah. Healthy. And my battery's not healthy. That, that it's that it's telling me so that's something that needs to be addressed but love the new the new setup um it just works i do use word on it i do use i use powerpoint this morning on it i i love it that's the way i can do it. i just love it it just works <laughs> i'm, I'm going to make a, a compilation of the times you said it just works in this podcast because that's your key thing about Apple products. That's what makes them so nice for you, not only for you, but for your whole family, is it all works together nicely. Everyone's on iMessage. Everyone uses the Apple TVs. And we all... It, it, the integration of it, it's perfect. I'll tell you the one thing that does, and I know I can switch it off, so maybe I should do that. It's when 
um, your phone rings, your iPad rings, and your MacBook Pro rings all at the same time when someone's trying to call you. <laughs> oh, and your watch rings as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, which one do it when you're at your desk? Is which one do you pick up on? It, it, exactly. What about your switch from a 15 inch to a 13 inch? Because that's probably more more of an issue than me moving from Windows to Mac OS. <laughs> yeah, I went from 13 to 15, back down to 13. But when I was doing a lot of video editing, I was doing it on the 13-inch MacBook. I would often plug it into an external screen, but when I was out and about, and also the 15-inch, you could get the graphics card with it. So I got I upgraded to a 2016 15-inch MacBook Pro two or three years ago, maybe, and loved it. Thought, okay, this is the best thing. Super happy to upgrade to the bigger screen. It's more powerful. I can throw anything at it. I used it for my, my day job. I used it for my freelance work. I pushed that thing really hard. But then when I moved to System 1, I said, oh, I'll use my own MacBook or you can buy me one. And they said, oh, we'll buy you a 13-inch one. It was either a spec out 15-inch one or a sort of a, a lower spec 13-inch one. And I thought, actually, it might be quite nice going down to a 13-inch one. And for any ultra-high power stuff I need to do, I can use my 15-inch one. What I found is when I got the 13 inch, I started to love the form factor again, being able to take it to a coffee shop, let, sit at the sofa and work. The The 15 inch one was just a bit of a chunk. And I was actually thinking now we're working from home that I was going to upgrade to the 16 inch one again, go back to that because I don't have to worry too much about the form fan factor. I wanted the extra power. <laughs> Which new M- M1 MacBooks give us, which yes, well, yes, we, we, st- we still need to cover briefly. So the, the 15 inch MacBooks have, been, uh, sorry, the 13 inch MacBook that I've got at the moment, much further form factor. And I always thought if I could get the power to be able to see my work, I would prefer this. But the only reason I would trade back up is if my laptop started throttling and struggling to, to handle what I'm throwing at it, which it is now. So it's going to be interesting because I know you, you've got uh, a few weeks to wait, but your new MacBook Air with M1 will be with you before the end of this year. And you've got real high hopes for it, haven't you? Yeah, we hinted at it, but the I, I was I had no intention of buying one of these new M1 Mac, MacBooks. I was I was definitely going to wait another year or so until people had tested the waters with it and check it the compatibility was fine and maybe when they released a 15 inch one i'd get that so i could just get the, the top power one as i was thinking of, of fully upgrading and spending yeah. three or four thousand pounds on making sure i have the best thing possible so you could say by buying the, the new one you've saved 1500 quid uh, at my exact point so I then started seeing the benchmarks of this M1 MacBook Air come out. Now, they've all got the same chip. The only real difference between the Pro and the Air is the Pro's got a fan, the Air doesn't, and the Pro has better battery life as well. And I'm plugged in most of the time, so I don't have to worry about that. And the battery life on the Air looks good too. So I started seeing these benchmarks come out, having no intention of buying one, and dad it i every time i saw a new youtube video testing these laptops and comparing it to what i've got at the moment i was thinking this is going to be able to handle what i throw it no problem this is going to eat my video footage up for dinner and the battery life's going to be fine and it doesn't have a fan and i can get one for a thousand pound yeah we did have a bit of a uh another conversation about this didn't we <laughs> yeah what one would you get yeah um, so so i was originally going to get the the mac mini because it was the cheapest option i could get an m1 mac and and give it a test and then i thought actually I, I do want the screen and the keyboard and to be able to move about with it so decided i would just get the entry level macbook air because i could get it off amazon it would come tomorrow i could play with it but then i started seeing more benchmarks and thinking okay this thing could actually be my new laptop my new video editing laptop or main machine and i may not even have to get the 15 inch one i was going after and I, that was getting more and more stronger of a feeling of it so we had a chat about if i should get the 8 or 16 gig of ram one and i was like oh i'm just want to test it i'll get the 8 gig as more benchmarks coming out i'm thinking okay i want this to be the the best possible one i can get and you were like, get a 16, get a 16, get a 16. 
I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, but I want to get it soon and it should be fine and money. You're like, get the 16. And then we had a conversation about the seven core versus eight core GPU, yeah. which I think would make absolutely no difference. But you're saying, if you're going to get it, just go for the best one. Like, it, it's still 1500 or I actually got it for 1300 pounds, 1350 rather than the three or four grand you were going to pay before. Yeah. Just get it. Just upgrade and you'll get the, the 500 gig SSD too. It'll be worth it. And so that evening, after a few beers and... <laughs> and check the credit card. And ch- check the credit card balance. <laughs> I, I bought one of the new M1 MacBook Airs with, with the 8-core, 8-core M1 with a 512-gig SSD and 16-gig of RAM. And I'm absolutely buzzing for it to arrive between the 10th and 17th of December. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't wait to see it and to see uh, the comparison between uh, the two. My one will probably wait a bit longer. I don't do the intensity of work that you do. And hey, I'm lucky. I've got a Windows laptop I can use every day for work. Did I say how, lucky? I didn't how is mean, that I, lucky? I, I, I didn't mean lucky. Sorry. <laughs> so it, if, if you were to upgrade, what one would you get and why? Exact one you've got. Why? You just you just said said how you don't do the intensity of work, and with the benchmarks we have seen, that baseline eight core, seven core, eight gig RAM will easily handle intense video editing footage, and you'll still want to get more. Why yeah, would you yeah, put yourself I, in that financial position? Because I think it will will hold its value more. I think that as in in the the years to come when you want to set it hold you, its you, value you pass everything down to your kids i don't anymore because your things are better so you're passing them down to when me when was now. the last laptop you sold it was your macbook pro 15 inch i think there we go so and I, di- I didn't sell it that, did. that, that was the 20 2010 one so your logic about it holding its resale value all of them will hold its resale value so your recommendation to me is get the cheapest one it, it will be absolutely fine for you. You've said you don't do the intensity of work. That baseline one, I'll, I'll put a link to the Everyday Dads video who has that baseline 8 gig, 887, 256 gig hard drive SSD model. That baseline 999 quid one. And he was editing like high bit rate, massive file size video content. This is stuff that won't even touch the level of performance yeah. you need. And you'll save yourself £450 in the process. Do, do you know, there's one thing I'm, I'm really interested um, in because we're in lockdown at the moment. You mentioned the taking your 13-inch to the coffee shop. We're not doing that at the moment, are we? None of us are doing any travelling. We're completely in lockdown here in, in England. But... I'd, it's the battery life for me that I'm thinking of. It's the taking, when I was using my, my iPad all of the time, I used to take that to do work on because it was light. I knew it would last all day. I wouldn't have to take a power pack with me. This new MacBook Air, is it 16 hours worth of life? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, Apple do their battery benchmarks really weird, like 15 hours of watching videos, and that's bullshit. No one's going to watch 15 hours of videos. It's more... I don't don't know. I don't know. Binge watching a Breaking Bad is probably worthwhile trying to do 15 hours at a time. You do that on your Apple TV. But what we know is these MacBooks are wildly good. My MacBook here at the moment, I have about two and a half hours battery on it. And most of the time it's just plugged in because I can plug it in. If I'm going to a coffee shop, I can only work for a couple of hours or I'm taking my power cable with me. These new MacBooks, from what I've seen, and again, a reason I'm super excited is we might get 10 hours use out of it, like full days use using a MacBook with me doing video editing. And that just blows my mind. Yeah, and I, and I, and I think that's the, the thing for me to get a full day, a full day's use out of a computer will be fantastic and and i can't wait for coffee shops to be open again to go and work in a coffee shop um working from home from a coffee shop i know that means you're not really working from home is it working remotely working remotely is just fantastic talking about working remotely just came into to one of the things that when we were open when i've always done remote working but i had a great time working in a library in a couple of afternoons where you want quiet time just to, to to 
do stuff and actually where there's other people wandering around but you're focusing on what you can do thoroughly enjoyed doing that so recommend libraries when they get back open again all, all those new people who are remotely working the first time of course you can't be on headsets you can't be talking in them but if you're doing research and report writing it's quite a nice place to to hang out yeah dad you just said that you're really willing to hemorrhage 450 quid because you want the best one but battery life is important to you although the battery life and the macbook airs are going to be exceptionally better than what we've got at the moment why would you not hemorrhage more cash and just get a macbook pro which has the even bigger battery that's a, a really good question. Personal, I've never owned a MacBook Air. I quite like the fact of trying to try a, a fanless one, having it quiet all the time. Um, and to be honest, I'm not convinced with the touch bar either. I just I just don't know if I like it. No, but both my MacBooks have had touch bars and I am completely neutral on it. I don't mind it. I don't love it. It does what I need it to do. I'm used to it. But I'm, I got the MacBook Air for the exact same reason. I wanted to try it over the MacBook Pro because I've never had a MacBook Air. And I like the idea of it being fanless. And I know I've heard the MacBook Pro fans don't come on like barely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very often. Oh, they're on now on my MacBook. Oh, God. they My MacBook fans run. Oh, your so. fans are on. Hold on, let me. You won't be able to hear it because the mic. Oh, look. Yeah. Mm. Right. Listen. Actually, I think mine's on, but it's very quiet. We've got headphones on, so it's hard to... No, no, I I, I took my headphones off to listen to it. Yeah, I'm very excited for a fanless one and to try a MacBook Air compared to the MacBook Pro. And I save a little little bit of money. I I calculated it all because I was considering exactly which model I was going to get. I was happy with the 1350 I paid for my one. Cool, look, we're coming to the end of of my time because I'm feeling hungry. So am I. My God, it's lunchtime. I need to go and make some. Yeah, I, I had breakfast at about half eight this morning, so I'm ready for lunch. I've done. I've been doing calls all morning. So, what did you want to save yeah. the other bits, or do you want to talk to them quickly? No, I'm. I'm going to rattle through them. Go so on, the first thing is a story of how I I bought an iPad Pro, sold an iPad Pro, and then bought it back again a year later, and I still have that iPad Pro, and I love it bought it originally when did i buy the first one why did i buy it <laughs> I, I don't know where you buy it but i know what happened to it <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't remember why or how i bought it the first time i think it might have been um is did you buy it when we were just in the apple store together no, that was the second time second time honestly i don't remember the first time i bought it but i i had it for a couple of months and then left it in a bag with orange juice. Actually, when I was going to go and take it, that's it. I got it from John Lewis. I got it from John Lewis on New Year's Day in 2018 or day after. Went and bought it because I wanted one and I was feeling a bit depressed and I wanted to do some retail therapy. Anyway, bought it. Actually, I don't need this. Was going to take it back. Went to John Lewis to take it back. They said, no, it's been too long. because It was like 35 days. I go into Pret to get myself an orange juice, drink some of my orange juice, do the lid up, put it in my bag, have got home, put the bag down, and I check it a week later. So I was still intending to try and sell the iPad. And I've noticed the entire orange juice has leaked into the bag and also the box where the iPad Pro was in. And, and they're not orange juice compatibility, is there? They are not. They're not orange juice proof. And so very luckily we had home insurance that or contents insurance that covered the entire cost of it. So they, they gave me a voucher for Argos to buy another one. And at that point I had a sour taste in my mouth and said, I just want to get rid of this. So I sold it to a guy I met in a Houston station. <laughs> he was a student. I, I, it was 720 quid for the iPad and I sold it yeah. for 650 or something like that. <laughs> sold it. That was early 2018. And then, or 2019, 2019, and then late into 2019, this was October and dad and I had met up in town on a Saturday and was wandering around back when we could meet up and wander around town. And we nipped into the Apple store in Covent Garden. I had no reason to want to buy a new iPad Pro, but I bought one. 
But this time round, I bought it with the keyboard, with the pencil. And I made sure I did that because the time before and the reason I, th- I sold it was because I tried to get it to do the things that my laptop did. I tried to use it as a replacement, but it's not a replacement. The iPad uh, or the iPad Pro cannot replace your MacBook. It can for certain things. And it's got so, so much better in the last year with software updates. But now I use my iPad Pro for a specific number of things and I love it for those things. Yeah, I, I agree with you, James. I, th- I think I can do probably, I don't know, 80% of what I need to do. But there's, there's certainly 20% of stuff that is still, it, although I will say that the iPad OS has been good, having Honestly. mouse compatibility, you know, those, those things have, have made it better. And I haven't tried using it as my main thing because I, I link the Mac up to screens here and I have a number of screens on which, although you can do that on, on an iPad, it's just not, it's just not the same. I would say the iPad, my iPad can probably do 80% of what the work I can do. The other 20% I, I need to use my laptop for, but it can probably only do about 20 or 30% of stuff better yeah. than it can on, on my... But those things that it does better, it does really a lot better. Mm-hmm. I do things like... I read magazines on my iPad. Now, I can read the magazines on the MacBook Pro, but that, so, so I think the consuming of content is probably better consume better i like writing on it because it, it's quite focused you can get very distracted on a laptop and also drawing i I drew my logo for my leather wallet business on on my yeah. ipad and that's fun and therapeutic but also at the same time we were in that apple store in covent garden and i bought that macbook what oh, did you're you buy, a bad Dad? you're a bad influence <laughs> aren't you you're a bad because then that, that day's really coming back to me because i bought uh, the apple tv um, for the first time, but I still remember it was the the lady who served us, and she oh, said, yeah. "How are you paying?" And what did we what did we do? We both <laughs> went like that, didn't we? <laughs> we both. Uh, it's it's an audio podcast. So we both lifted up our Apple watches. We did. We both realized to lifted up our Apple watches and paid for our goods there and then. I just wanted an Apple TV to see what it was like because I think you'd had it for a while. I didn't have one. Did you not had one? Okay, you got it first. I would say it's our main way of watching TV now. Even though we've got a smart TV that can do some of the apps in there, I've got Virgin uh, TV. Even things like watching BBC News, I just do it on the Apple TV. Uh, but I've got it on the on the Virgin box. I just like it. Yeah. It just works so much. So I, I used it into the office over there. I moved it because I needed to do some bits. And it, it was the only way I could get some things to work. And I, I was super jealous when you got your Apple TV. Not because I wanted one, more because you had something that I didn't have. So a couple of months later, I went and bought myself one. And I, I don't use it as much as you. And I never enjoyed using it as much as you did. But what I will say is I I will pick that up more than I will do watching watch netflix or amazon prime or yeah. any of those first yeah and apple tv came with it it was literally i think the same week that it launched wasn't it that we got it so mm. i think both of us got the year's free subscription which has been extended isn't it thank you apple for that extended into 2021 apple tv worth it yes 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 <laughs> i love the content on apple tv just finished watching ted lasso did you? Yeah. You've not told me about it. Yeah, no, I finished watching Ted Lasso. That was what, great. What, you didn't tell me when you started watching it. Oh, well, I've watched it now. Loved it. Loved it. It's amazing, right? What was the other things that we've... Got Defending Jacob. Oh, you've seen that. Good. Yeah, very good. Really enjoyed that. As a family, we watched that as well as we did uh, Ted Lasso. The Morning Show. Uh, the first thing I watched on it, and that was... I can't wait for them to do the next series of that. Yeah, and um, trying it recently. That was quite a good one. You haven't watched that one, have you? No, I've the, the recent films I've watched. That's not a film, that's a series, Apple Plus series. Okay. Okay. I, I watched the one with Bill Murray and Rashida Jones. Was that any good? I haven't watched that one. Yeah, enjoyed it. It was quite funny. I, I like Bill Murray. Oh, that- what was the, very, the first one they launched it with, Morning Show? Oh, I can't remember the name of it. C? Yes, C. Yeah. Oh, C was good. 
good and the quality of the cinematography um, in it just really shone through in the 4K as well. I, I still remember being blown away by, is it worth it? Yes, it's worth it. Would I get another Apple TV? Yes, I would get it. I carry on with Apple TV Plus, yes. Yeah, I completely agree with that sentiment. Apple TV, it's just it, the, the box is just better quality. I, I enjoy using it, much like with the iPad. It's a luxury to have. And Apple TV Plus, the content on there has been, I hope it's worth it because we got it for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Value for money, spot on. But I, I would still pay five bucks a month. I think that's good value for it. Well, maybe we'll have another conversation about the the new subscriptions service that Apple have got coming up. Or next just launch. episode. You'll have to subscribe to the podcast to, to get that next episode. Ooh. All right, Dad. Let's let's go and get some lunch. Lunch sounds a really good idea. And look forward. I think we've covered most things that you wanted to get through, and probably a few other bits and pieces. So uh, let's not leave it. Eighteen months. No, and I'm going to be really good. I'm going to edit this and post it today. Wow. Okay. Instead of waiting a year to post them. Good. Make sure I get, you have all the good bits. It's all going in. Unfiltered, Dad. <laughs> Unfiltered. Okay. Hope you're happy with everything. <laughs> we'll find out, won't we? When the 72 subscribers, oh, 71 subscribers. <laughs> Look at all right, Dad. Thanks. Thanks for chat. Speak soon. Wonderful. See you later. Have a great day. Bye.